technology is the area where the most amount of value can be unlocked to increase the overall efficiency and effectiveness of a finance function. That's Bruno Lopez, a PwC partner advising clients through operating model transformations. This is Heather Horn, and today we're going to talk about the new order of the day, doing more with less, but also the opportunity that this type of disruption presents for your finance transformation. My guest today is going to bring many of the topics we've talked about over the course of this series back into the broader conversation for how to rethink the finance operating model. We've got a lot to talk about, so let's get started. Bruno, thank you so much for joining me today. Given everything that's happened, what are some of the things that finance executives need to consider as they're thinking through changes to how they operate? Yeah, and I'm going to make just a, a small side point here. That I, you know, just in the near term, there's probably a couple of things that are going to drive some of the decisions done at the macro level, and and that are going to influence what how corporates are tackling this. One, I think, is the potential a potential for a second wave of COVID. You know, there's a lot of uh, planning for a V recovery, W recovery, U recovery. Uh, the reality is probably no one really knows which sort of scenario is going to crystallize. Uh, and we, you know, if we look at the news every day, they, we actually see around the world a lot of uncertainty of what's going to happen, right? And when it's going to happen. Uh, so I think that's going to drive a lot of the planning in the next few months. And then also elections and uh, uh, in the U.S., but also... Uh, if we see there's been a lot of uh, effort put on by, from a policy standpoint to maintain financial markets functioning, to make sure that industries that are in distress can be supported and employees in furlough, and that has put a lot of pressure on budgets. Uh, and probably that's going to have, and not only in the U.S., but around the world, and that's probably going to have implications from a tax perspective. So that's also another thing that needs to be taken into account uh, as, as companies are planning for the, for the near future. But probably more importantly, for finance, we see a trend increasing office footprint and enabling people to work remotely. And that's going to be a, a, a significant change from the past, uh, where for a lot of companies, you know, it was still really important to have physical proximity and have people working in the same place. And that also applies as well to, to travel. I think the expectation is that there will be, to some extent, at least in the near future, less travel. And that's going to change how people connect, like with their teams, uh, how do they super, supervise the work that is being done. And in most cases, it will have to turn employees much more accountable in the way they work and how do they execute their day-to-day -day work. And then lastly, digital. Uh, so digital has been on the agenda for many years. Uh, some companies have significantly advanced their digital agenda. Others are still working on that roadmap to digitize their processes. But now there is no choice, right? We still hear stories about people that need to sign checks physically, that need to improve invoices physically, and that's just creating a lot of uh, burden and uh, and significant work emailing physical documents around that now it's, you know, in this new environment is probably not the most uh, optimal process. And I, I think, I think so those are, those are critical aspects to take into account. So it's interesting, you know, thinking about those three aspects, which, you know, obviously are very critical. When you think, though, taking a step back to the overall sort of um, environment right now, and you were talking about, you know, people don't know the shape of the recovery, people don't know what's going to happen with the election. So finance professionals are having to make decisions. 
in the context of a great amount of uncertainty. And so, you know, if you're talking to a company and, and they're thinking about one of these, but then let's say, well, I don't know how to make this decision because I don't know what's coming next. How do you answer those types of questions? So I think despite the uncertainty, I think there's one thing that is actually becoming more and more uh, certain for, for a lot of finance executives is that they will have to be asked to do more with less in the future. Uh, as we see across various sectors, there was a lot of levers that were pulled to try to face this crisis, to face off this crisis, and hence a lot of balance sheet repairing and cost containment is expected to happen in a lot of industries and, and across many corporates. So I think that's going to be a certainty. So how can then uh, finance executives and a CFO think about that is they will have to work around technology, around getting more of, out of their people, think through about their organization, and ultimately define what's going to be the strategic direction their finance function needs to get into the futures, including what's going to be their service model and the level of service they want to provide to the other functions. So then in that context, we're saying, okay, it's certain there is uncertainty and you still have to define your business model and, and how you are going to support the rest of the organization, then what are some of the other challenges that companies have been dealing with all along in, in making that definition that maybe are exacerbated by COVID-19, but are ones that, you know, you still need to think about and focus on? That's actually a very, a very good point. You know, the traditional uh, areas uh, of opportunity for for a finance function to be a, a leading practice function, they still revolve around business partnering. So making sure that the finance function is adding value to the organization and is providing that forward-looking perspective and those insights needed to guide the business in the in the right direction. Uh, making sure that the function is efficient uh, and is able to cope with cost pressures through simplifying processes, standardize those processes, and where possible to centralize them. Technology and data, it's been a challenge traditionally for a lot of corporates, especially when there's a lot of acquisitions and, and there's different tools and technology around that need to be integrated. So that, that's also another area that, uh, another challenge that we'll have, will continue to be on top of the agenda, how to handle technology to drive those insights for the business. And now even more as companies will digitize uh, another challenge that becomes more and more important is cybersecurity. Uh, so that's also another angle that needs to be uh, handled. And then lastly, governance, uh, risk and compliance. So which is a critical aspect of uh, any finance function. And uh, when processes were designed to have people working side by side and now they will work remotely, it's very important to make sure that controls remain in place, are effective. Uh, and that no one is, uh, you know, uh, finding this as an opportunity to actually not execute those controls or, or, you know, having a situation where there is a break in controls. And all this, obviously, in, a, in an environment where we see increased regulatory and compliance pressures that the finance function has to cope with. Yes, so Bruno, while you're talking, I was just thinking, if I'm the one responsible for making some of these decisions, I'm dealing with a remote workforce. I'm trying to get my clothes done of all these different pressures. In a way, it's almost overwhelming to figure out, okay, how do I tackle all of this? So if I'm trying to make these decisions and think, okay, 
in the new environment? How do I want to work? How can I improve? Where do you recommend that a company should start? I would say that the key components, uh, so there's probably four components that uh, I think uh, are, are important in a finance transformation. So the first one, foremost, is really define a strategic direction and what are your objectives of, for your finance function. Uh, then a very important focus, obviously, second is people and organization. And we can talk a bit more about that, how technology enablement is actually changing the capabilities required from a finance professional. Uh, then obviously uh, process and performance. So like I mentioned, standardize and simplify those processes. And last, uh, I think uh, the component that needs to support all this, which is technology and data. So those, I think, are the four aspects and probably with the first thing, strategic direction and objectives. And then the other ones need to be defined in coordination with that strategic direction. All right. So then, Bruno, let's grab on to one of the things you, you mentioned there, which is technology enablement and how that can be delivering you know, some of the effective finance function. You also mentioned, mentioned digital transformation earlier. How should someone be thinking about that area? So that's that's actually a very good point to dive deeper because so technology is probably the area where the most amount of value can be unlocked, uh, especially in the short term. So automation and integration of, uh, is is critical to increase overall efficiency and effectiveness of a finance function and enable people to spend more time with the value added activities. So the way I think about it is, for, so for a long time, we've seen that reducing the number of ERPs, getting a single ERP has been the strategy that has been followed for large corporates to achieve that harmonization and simplification. And in some cases that has been achieved, in others has been harder to achieve just because uh, organizations are always in changing and there's always, uh, you know, new acquisitions coming in and, and you know, it's they need to, to integrate them. But that, that has been the cornerstone of that, that strategy. But more than that, uh, we actually see a lot of emerging technologies that now uh, expand, let's say, the opportunity for automation. So some of those that come top of mind right now are robotics process automation, so what commonly knowledge is RPA. Um, we also see some advancements in, in, in blockchains and some use cases that are that are really useful for uh, for finance in areas such as accounts receivables, cash application, and also on the procure to pay side. And then also AI, which is so artificial intelligence, which um, probably you know we are only scratching the surface in finance right now, and that in the future, in, probably in the next decade, is gonna enable or, or increase the potential for finance to provide a forward-looking and that uh, those insights for a business that in a lot of cases, they, it's still not possible today. The point uh, then on how actually to think through this and bring this uh, into a, a forward-thinking finance function is that this cannot be done in isolation. Uh, so it cannot be as simple as saying, you know, I'm going to throw RPA to this process and I'm going to automate it. Several things could happen when that's the only thought that comes to mind. One is perhaps an enterprise application could be a better fit in case, for example, an ERP uh, instance is not being used appropriately and could be used for that process instead of, of using RPA. Or the process should be redesigned and simplified before actually automating it. Otherwise, by using RPA, 
you are just making something that's not right be, becoming faster. Faster, that's uh, right. Exactly. So you'll do it badly faster, but it's exactly. not actually accomplish anything. Exactly. And then probably where the most, how you can actually exponentially increase the benefits of technology is that uh, people upskilling. So to actually experience the full benefits uh, of technology, focusing on people upskilling is going to be essential. If you think of companies you've worked with, what are the factors that you would say differentiate the companies that are being successful, maybe even in a small way, maybe in a huge way, versus companies that, you know, they're saying this is important to them, but they're not really having it take hold in their culture? In my experience, I think there's probably three things I'll mention that are really important. So one is define up front what's going to be your strategic direction. So what do you want to become when you grow up? And for some cases, for a finance function, right? Uh, what level of service do you want to provide? That's going to be different or not, depending on the jurisdiction, the market, you know, the company, and be able to align that strategic direction with the objectives of the company and provide the most value. So that's one aspect. The second aspect is not doing things in isolation. So not focus just on people in isolation from technology. So that has to be done together. So to really experience the benefits of technology now more than ever, especially with the new emerging technologies, it's really important to have a workforce that really understands how to use or, or to unlock the true potential of those technologies and be able to actually interact with those technologies in a very sophisticated and proficient way. And then the third aspect, I would wrap it under change management. Uh, obviously, changing and moving from having someone that today focus on a certain standardized set of activities and processes and now tell them, look, in the future, we expect that you are much more, you know, focused on value-added activities, that you have a lot of the existing activities probably can be automated with existing technology, and you should be looking at doing that and redefine your role. So there's an element of fear that needs to be handled in some cases, and that change management is really important. And so doing these three, th three things in combination, it's, it's I think, what uh, I've seen as works better in changing that uh, finance operating model and moving towards a... Uh, a leading practice finance function. All right, so let's hit on each of those. It's interesting with workforce, you talk about people needing to be able to do different things. And we've just gone through a period where employees have had to show a lot of agility, right? Because everything changed and they had to. And so then the fact that they were able to make that work, do you think that then that's a good time to say yes, and now we can do more? Or do you feel like in some cases, now is not a good time to try to put additional change um, on your employees. Well, I think that probably there's really no choice. So organizations will have to adapt. And this is just a great example of a period that those corporates that are able to adapt are the one that become most successful. So for the CFO of finance organization and for every individual in that finance organization, the question to ask is, how can I actually have a role to play in that changing finance organization? So this is a time to ask that question and making sure that everyone stays relevant. So I think this is really the right opportunity to think about that. Um, and the question is, what should be then 
the role of corporate in enabling that. So providing to their finance employees their ability to actually transform themselves and become more and more relevant for the organization. So what are some of the key things a company can think about if they are thinking about the need for upskilling and and employee development? So training, it almost needs to be embedded in their day-to-day work. So they need to set up time aside to actually learn new skills. So what we've seen is, I think there is uh, a growth of self-service capabilities for employees to first measure what's their level of uh, knowledge or assess their knowledge uh, regarding various technologies, uh, more soft skill topics. And then when they make the decision and when they have their time available to actually invest in themselves and do those courses uh, and continue to assess themselves as they go along to, to understand what are the areas they need to invest. So it's much more a decision made much more by by the person itself than fully centralized by someone in, in HR or learning and development telling to someone in finance, you got to learn about this topic. Okay, I think that's helpful. So then let me go back is thinking about the strategy and you know what type of service model the finance function wants to provide. So can you give some examples of how you see companies thinking through that? This is actually something that um, you know I, I've experienced multiple times in the past, people considering this, but this is some, something that uh, as companies are considering cost containment uh, and be more mindful where they are investing their time and resources, we are hearing more and more some sort of defining finance levels by market and have some sort of uh, platinum, gold, silver service model depending on the relevance of the market for the company, their importance from a strategic standpoint, so and, and ultimately the value they can get out of those markets and regions for a company. So not having just a one-size-fits-all be more mindful and uh, and uh, see where those capabilities or in that time invested is is more more important. There is a bigger return on investment. Okay, that's helpful. And then maybe just a couple last topics before we kind of wrap things up. One of the things that you mentioned was the importance of controls and thinking about policies and you know process. So any quick hits on that that companies should be thinking about. Process simplification and standardization uh, continues to be top of mind uh, for <clears throat> for most companies, uh, and uh, and definitely uh, continuing to have and increase the the, the controls uh, and and make them robust enough. Uh, it's definitely something that uh, you know we see still top of mind in the finance function, and and rightly rightfully so. I think. What's going to drive a lot of the, those controls and changing those controls in the future is going to be both the automation and the technology to support those processes. Uh, but also, uh, I think as people are, uh, are thinking you know, about the future and the new opportunities, finance will expand uh, their role from not using only structured data, but also use semi-structured and unstructured data. Uh, and that's going to bring up technologies like AI, because that's, you know, in a lot of cases, completely new for finance. Um, and we hear people speaking already about using, you know, social media information and adding more information that they're not using today in some of their processes and become for, more forward looking. So I think that's going to open 
door to a lot of discussions around what type of controls the finance function needs to have in place. Before we wrap things up then, any final points that you wanted to make for our audience? I think the last point uh, I, I would make is flexibility uh, should be top of mind when thinking about uh, changing target operating model for finance. If we look around, you know, companies are always changing. There's always acquisitions, divestitures that are happening, and that usually change, you know, what's a steady state for a uh, for a company. So it's really important as CFOs and other finance executives are thinking about what they want their finance function to look like, having that ability to integrate uh, new finance functions as they acquire new businesses, because uh, otherwise it will always be very hard to have a very simplified and standardized function if they don't build up that flexibility and that scalability. Definitely a good point. So then, Bruno, maybe just to close things off, what would be your number one takeaway for the audience? I think number one takeaway is that definitely more will continue to be asked from the finance function and for them to become more forward-looking and, and partnering with the business uh, without necessarily being given more resources to do so. It's really important more than ever to be able to define that strategic direction and objectives and service levels and do all that in combination with the strategy around people and uh, technology. Okay, great. Definitely a lot for people to think about. So Bruno, really appreciate the insight. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure to have Thank you to Bruno and thank you for tuning in. Join me back here every Tuesday and Thursday for new podcast episodes and particularly tune in next Tuesday for one of my favorite episodes of the quarter. Like we've done in the past, following our quarterly accounting webcast, we sift through viewer submissions to find the most frequently asked questions. We then get a few of the webcast members back together, remotely of course, to answer your questions. This episode has become part of our quarterly wrap-up offerings, so I hope you'll tune in. So that you never miss an episode of any of our audio content, subscribe to the PwC Accounting Podcast Series wherever you listen to your podcasts. And to stay up to date on all of the latest content, let's connect on LinkedIn. For PwC, I'm Heather Horn. Thanks for tuning in. This podcast is brought to you by PwC All Rights Reserved. PwC refers to the U.S. member firm or one of its subsidiaries or affiliates and may sometimes refer to the PwC network. Each member firm is a separate legal entity. Please see www.pwc.com structure for further details. This podcast is for general information purposes only and should not be used as a substitute for consultation with professional advisors.